Welcome, dear listeners. I'm Jonathan Carlin. And I'm Benjamin Carlin. And we invite you to join us through the Gryffindor, your one-way ticket to the enchanting world of Harry Potter. So grab your wands and dust off your broomsticks and join us as we unlock the treasures behind Chamber of Secrets, Chapter 5, The Whomping Willow. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. What I love is that the the Whomping Willow plays almost no role in this particular book at all, and yet it gets an entire, like, chapter title and art and introduction and you're just sort of like yeah the whomping willow that's at hogwarts but it's like it's actually much more of like a book three thing like you don't learn the secret about the whomping willow until like a whole book later no i yeah i feel the exact same way and i think that uh if i were to be quizzed about which uh book this chapter exists within like if if somebody was like you know if you were doing jay versus ben and the question was like you know which book is the whomping willow in i would be like prisoner of azkaban like obviously the one where it's relevant yeah um the kind of ironic thing with that particular note in mind is i'm it's sort of like a it's it's like a very slow play set up for a huge plot point one full year later in the meantime though um i think the overall like inclusion and way that the Ford Anglia is set up in this story is very well done. I kept writing it down. It was just like this chapter more than anyone like really made me appreciate so much like how every like everything in this story is so well connected like every action leads to like another consequence which like informs the next thing which is the next thing because like there's a point in this book that for a very long time i always just sort of felt like it was like like it, it felt like uh, a deus ex machina situation, like when the Ford Anglia shows up to save Ron and Harry from the spiders. Yeah. Like it always just felt like, oh, that's convenient. Like, oh, this is the whole reason the car was written in. And it's like, no, that is not the case. Like it is all very serendipitous. The reason Harry and Ron and Aragog and the Anglia are in the woods at the same time is like it is. They are all there because 50 years ago, Tom Riddle opened the chamber of secrets like it is all connected in like it's like it's like none of them are aware of that in the moment but like that decision 50 years ago is the reason these three entities are now together in the forest at the same time and it's like it's not an accident like they're all there because of each other yeah yeah i mean down to the fact that the very reason they can't get through the barricade at platform nine and three quarters is because the house elf dobby is of course preventing ron and harry from having their access to it and so that leads them to the flying of the car right you know which leads them to the whomping willow and then the like wildification of the vehicle right. itself even even the boldness to drive the car comes from the fact again that dobby was blocking the letters and yes. got harry locked in his room which is like so ron and fred and george were like well let's fly the car let's do it and it's like if they hadn't done that ron wouldn't have suggested like let's do it again right. by ourselves you know but it's like because they already did it now they feel comfortable doing it it's just like and, and it's still down to dobby which means it's still down to the diary which means it's still down to the chamber exactly yes. exactly and yeah it's like aragog's in the woods because of the chamber right yes because <laughs> that is the creature that supposedly tom riddle framed hagrid for releasing on the school right so many years prior so yeah no it's 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 really neat yeah like I, I, cause I was having the exact same sensation. I was like, man, this is, I mean, there, there's the idea of like Chekhov's gun, which is sort of like, you know, if you're going to introduce a gun into a scene, then like by the third act or whatever, the gun needs to have been fired. Right. And so it's sort of like, I feel like the Ford Anglia is one of these things where it's like, it's not just a plot device that is dropped in front of us. It's sort of like every reason why it seems to be relevant keeps like, like it, it all just sort of like folds into itself and has been like perfectly melded together. So yeah. it just it just works. Um, it just works. And so I'm, I'm that, it was interesting to me though that you that you caught that same thing. I so did. I, I like, mean, I have like super. little like circles of arrows drawn all over the place. Like this is all connected. It's all connected. It's such good. I mean, even if you want to say like you put like a smoking gun, you put a gun on stage. It's like Chekhov's Whomping Willow here too. It's like yes, yeah. You yeah. Put a fighting tree in there. It better have you know it better be there for some reason. And it's like oh it will be, but definitely by the third act. Don't worry. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. It'll 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 come but back. What's Not- also cool about the Whomping Willow is that if you look at like 
like the maps that were drawn like before the first book was written like it's on the maps so it's it's, it's like, always it's been intended always to be there been there even if you don't hear about it in the first book too now, which is kind of fun the big question that that and this was another thing i highlighted a few times where i'd be i'd be questioning whether or not the continuity was quite as firm is on numerous occasions they refer to the whomping willow throughout this chapter as being like the very old the ancient whomping willow and it's like mm. this willow was specifically planted for uh, Remus Lupin upon right. his arrival to school as a way to uh, disguise the secret passageway to the Shrieking Shack. So it's like th- those, I mean, even like Snape, Snape himself, um, although the the little Freudian slip there of Snake himself. No, but they didn't mean to though. Um, but either way, um, like Snape himself at this point in time, I think he's only like 38 years old. Right. Um, and so the the tree is like 27 25 years old it's like right. by tree standards that is that is not ancient or old it is not ancient or old it is i suppose possible that the tree was like transplanted I've, there yeah so i've it, had that it thought could too be ancient yeah. and was just moved from a place where it has stood for a hundred years to Hogwarts instead. What do you suppose would happen if you made either a broomstick or a wand from wood from the Whomping Willow? Oh, that is such a great idea. Right? Wouldn't that be so cool? Okay, but so then um, bow truckles are supposed to live in trees of like wand wood quality. Yes, correct. Right, so it's like... I wonder if they would ever live in a Whomping Willow or if like the Whomping Willow wood would not make a good wand. But I suppose whether or not it makes a good wand doesn't mean you couldn't make a wand out of it. That's a, that's a good point too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but the on the flip side though is that most trees are not inherently magical and the Whomping Willow is. That's so also, there's, that is also true. Like yeah. most trees are not inherently magical and yet their wood is used for wands. The Whomping Willow is like a magical tree. So you could have a magical wood, a magical core, and yeah, that could be very interesting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, dude, yeah. I would love to see a Whomping Willow wand because you can make trees out of willow. You mean you, you can, can make, make wands, wands out of willows? Of course, willow. you can make yeah. trees yeah. out of willows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or willows are made out of trees? Made, yeah. <laughs> Which way does that go? <laughs> Which way does that go? Anyway, wi- willows are just real trees. They um, are indeed. But yeah, so that, oh yeah, that'd be a very interesting, like a uh, very angry, like could you hit people with the wand? Would it be like huge or? Or, or would it even be like, uh, you know, they, they refer to the flexibility of the wands yeah. quite often. Like, you know, uh, like I think Bellatrix is like unyielding or something yeah. like that. Like it's like very, very rigid. Whereas like, uh, like, I don't know if like, Cedric's is maybe like swishy or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it that'd be like a curious thing too if it'd be like a very, very bendy wand. Because like a willow switch is pretty about bendy. Bendy wands. Like like could there be like I always imagine wands as just basically being like straight sticks. Sticks, yeah. Yeah. But like I suppose it's possible that you could have like a, a longer like if you know if you had like a longer wand, it could have like a real like bow to it, almost like a fishing rod or something. You yes, know, or you, you know, like you say you're casting a spell, you could really be like Whoosh, you know, like, like whipping get, it, like, like a little, yeah, 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 right, right, like adding a little extra velocity there, right, yeah. Like, imagine how much harder aiming would be, yeah, you yeah. Know, like, oh, you guys could just point your wand at something, mine's got like a droop, you know, right, right. Yeah. Well, it reminds me when we were kids, we had a crab apple tree in our in our backyard, yeah, we and did. we would go out there and like we like you know cut off branches or whatever from like you know the nearby woods, and you would sharpen an edge, put the crab apples on the end, and then huck those things. Oh, man, and I mean, whip them. it was unbelievable. I yeah. mean, you know, as like a as like a seven year old, you could easily send one of these sailing like like fifty plus yards, yeah, if not awesome. way further. Yeah, yes. yeah, it was like, yeah. oh my gosh, it was like the most remarkable thing. So, but now I'm imagining every time we whipped one of those apples, if that was sort of like the complexity of uh, directing a spell. Yeah, you know, and it was like I couldn't have directed the apple where I wanted it to go. All I was doing was just heaving the stick as far as I could right. or as hard as I could. So like imagine trying to actually like directionalize that and right, then yeah. if that was as difficult as magic actually was. Uh, hopefully you just get good at it. Hopefully. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Over time. I'll, I'll, I'll flick of the wrist. Yeah. Um, any which way we can actually talk about the chapter now. We could talk about, well, yeah, yeah, we could talk about it here. So I love the very first sentence of the chapter where it just this, the end of the summer vacation came too quickly for Harry's liking because like that, just that one sentence is like that has never been true before. He, you yeah, know? that's the first time he has ever experienced because this 
this is another one of those weird things that was like hard to comprehend as a kid is like you as a child going home for summer break like that was the best time of your life yes. like there was nothing better than like you know two months two and a half months of no school right um and for harry it's been the opposite he's like i cannot wait to get out of this house and go back to school and so for him to actually get to like enjoy it and be like oh man school right school, around the corner I know. wow like i love school of course it's the best place in the entire world but maybe this place is just a little better yeah yeah, yeah there's that uh, so nice uh, i love that and then okay i wanted to get your uh, opinion on something here on like the second paragraph where they're talking about um, it says on the last evening, Mrs. Weasley conjured up a sumptuous dinner that included all of Harry's favorite things, ending with a mouthwatering treacle pudding. So I think like treacle pudding is like a known Harry Potter, like his like favorite dessert, right? Is that a thing? Or, or like treacle tart? Treacle maybe? tart? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I don't know enough about treacle or whatever. If, that, I, if that's a flavor or a texture or a kind of cake. I, yeah. yeah. You know, and it's funny to me as well because I think like when I think of treacle, I like my what my mind goes to is almost like. Um, like hardened, not quite toffee, but what what is the other? I feel like there's another like caramelized nougat or something. No, not no. nougat. More like like crunchier than that. Like a brittle. Yeah. You know, like a peanut brittle. This says treacle is any uncrystallized syrup made during the refining of sugar. The most common form is treacle. Of treacle are golden syrup, a pale variety, and black treacle. And it's just basically just just like molasses. But it's like syrup. Oh, it's like syrup. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. see. And here I was thinking like of a like a rigidity to it. Yeah. Like, me like, too. Like treacly. I, I think don't it's know. more. Like, maybe it's more of a flavor. And this is another thing where they say pudding, and like, and my American brain is like, yeah, pudding, like. Like like Jello pudding, right, right, like, like like too thick to be soup, but right. definitely not a solid, right. So it's like even when they say treacle pudding, it could mean treacle tart. But my question is, it is is this dinner the reason it becomes his favorite thing? I could totally see that. Yeah, especially if if on some level, like, because um, I, I think treacle tart is one of the things that Harry eventually smells in the Amortentia uh. potion. Is it? Yes. That's amazing. I think it is. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Oh, well, it's because it's very much one of those like there's no place like home kind of things. It's like you can go out in the wide world and try five star restaurants and it's somehow it's never better than mom's cooking. And it's just like, yes, is this that for him? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, actually, you said you had to say mom and then it always kills me. I mean, I know <laughs> I've talked about it before, but the relationship between Harry and Mrs. Weasley just absolutely like Ugh. both warms and so breaks good. my heart at the same time mm -hmm. in, in the best possible ways. So yes. um, anyway, but yes, yeah, so it sounds like what is otherwise just a really great evening another one of these instances where it's like i mean it's just so obvious that like if you want to call the weasleys poor it's just purely in the things that don't matter because otherwise it sounds like they just have like a really happy full warm household right it's like this sounds like just the best evening ever yes it does indeed yes um uh, going on to the next page though um i think that we're we're getting ready for uh, leaving the borough and making our way to platform nine and three oh, quarters. I love the description of how everyone's getting ready. And it's like, even though everyone seemed ready the night before, like no one was ready at all the morning of. And it's like, that is just so the way of it. It, it totally is. This gets me every single time. Like I so often will find myself like, uh, like just this past weekend, you and I and our younger brother, Tyler, were going on a ski weekend. And it was the type of thing where I, we were leaving Friday after work and it was Thursday evening. And I was just so tired from like the day you know that I had had uh, and actually wasn't feeling well last week and so it's like you know I'm, I'm it's like Thursday night at nine o'clock I haven't packed I'm like you know the right thing for me to do right now is to go to bed I'll wake up early and I'll put all my stuff in the truck tomorrow exactly. morning. it'll be fine um, and it is it was like the worst decision ever so then you wake up and you're like where are my socks <laughs> <laughs> I, it worked I actually did the same thing I have like a normally when I take uh, Luke to school in the morning I have to drop him off at like 730 okay and then typically I go to the gym at like 745, but it's only two days a week. And so the other three days of the week, I normally just go to work and have like an extra hour of just like alone time at the office. Oh, not so, bad. so on this particular occasion, I was like, I'm going to use that hour. I'm going to go home and pack during that time. And nice. it, was, yeah, it just worked out very nicely. Oh, wow. OK, well, that's not how it's supposed to go. You're supposed to be missing socks and stuff. I know. Well, you know, or, I just... or possibly uh, almost breaking your neck, tripping over a stray chicken. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Jeez, almost broke his neck. My goodness. Which is something that happens to uh, to yes. Mr. Weasley. Um, there is a bit of there was like uh, some almost uncharacteristic or maybe just sort of like um, wizard muggle naivety that happens on the next page where like um, like uh, 
Molly's like, muggles do know more than we give them credit for, don't they? <laughs> and, and like, she's well, I think she's making reference here to the fact that like uh, they're getting inside of the car. Mr. Weasley has clearly magically enhanced it so that it can fit this massive group of people that is traveling yes. and they're all able to get into the back seat of the car uh, and just be completely comfortable like hip to hip. And this is Harry, Ron, Fred, George and Percy all sitting comfortably side by side, Right. <laughs> you know, so it's like this is one of those things where it is kind of funny to me that like this is this is almost like I, I was trying to figure out like if like it's like a kind of like wizard privilege or something where it's like she is so like she, she looks at the car from the outside then gets on the inside she's just like wow it's way bigger than you'd expect you yeah. know and it's like it's like well no it's not <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not yeah but yeah. like it doesn't even occur to her to like to, to kind of like do the math and be like how could it be this big inside it is I guess there is okay I guess maybe there is more of like a benefit to the doubt kind of situation here where it's like her assumption is that mug are smarter than she gives them credit for rather than it's been magically enhanced. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was so. that was sort of my takeaway as well. Yeah, um, but like it is also almost surprising to me that she doesn't realize it's magically enhanced. That's the thing. Yeah, it seems like it should be obvious, but that's that's again what I mean, where it's almost like if you've lived in a world of magic for so long, like and like take Hermione's beaded bag, for example, like, you know, we see it as this like really like remarkable thing. But if you live in the wizarding world and you've got like uh, like a sock drawer that you can, oh, I'm stuck on socks today, but a sock drawer you can open up that can hold like 4000 socks or something, right. then like maybe you just like it never occurs to you the ways in which you're benefiting from magic yeah. is, is sort of what I'm trying to say. Right, like if all interior space is always just like way bigger than it's always supposed to be, maybe you lose concept of like what interior space is supposed to be. Yes. It, yes, exactly. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, uh, cause even the borough itself never, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people sort of like living inside of this residence and it never seems to be like people are completely on top of each other yeah. either. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, maybe that could be a part of what's going on. Then we get a sequence here and I think it's pretty well written because there's there's uh, like a myriad of um, just total like of course high school aged people have forgotten little things and then yes. remember the little things and it's all part of the calamity that is also setting up like the reason why uh, they're like so yeah they're like, so uh, late yeah why they're so late and why it's also rushed when we get to the platform exactly but yeah. you know, this is the exact type of thing you could totally imagine where like you know somebody leaves the house and I mean this happens with my daughter Addison all the time where we're like pulling down our street and she's like I need an oh no which is like what we call her like little comfort blanket yeah. and we're like you know like I'll look at my wife Alice and be like did you pack an oh no and she's like no, and it's like, yeah. all right, I'm turning around. But I'm turning like, around. Yeah, we can it do is it. It's very clever because it looks like a series of events that looks like the reason you were told all of these things is to inform the lateness of the situation and like why they couldn't get through the barrier and why the the timing was so important. Yes. Uh, there at the last second. But actually, there's also a very sneakily hidden, like enormous plot point in the innocuous list of things that makes them late. Yes. So yeah. it, it starts with George forgotten his box of filibuster fireworks. Five minutes after that, they get it to a halt in the yard so that Fred could run in for his broomstick. They had to, they had almost reached the highway when Ginny shrieked that she'd left her diary. Yes. And of course, the diary is enormously important and it immediately makes you think like, well, what if she just actually forgotten it? You know? I know. I know. How much of the book wouldn't have happened. And the, I mean, this is another thing, too, though. It's like it, almost certainly I think Ginny has already met Tom Riddle. Oh, yeah. Like, you she, know, like the reason she's like, you know, freaking out about it is because she's already started writing in it. Yes. Yeah. yeah so the allure sure. has already like got got yeah, its like hooks inside of starting. Ginny. But also, if you just back up to the first thing that it says George had gotten his box of filibuster fireworks, I'm like, I'm sorry, there's no mom on earth that would turn around to go get you your troublemaking supplies. <laughs> you know, like, oh, mom, hold on. I forgot to bring my fireworks to school. No. Okay. But if we go to the next page, yeah. you know who might? Who? Arthur Weasley. So I am I am starting to think that there is a possibility that Fred and George take after their dad more than any other of the Weasleys. Do you think he was like a class clown? Like I don't know that he was a class clown, but I think his unfailing enthusiasm towards muggle artifacts and like his tinkering rubs off on them in such a huge way because they get in the car and Mr. Weasley, he's like, oh my gosh, we're running late. And he says, Molly, dear, no, Arthur, no one would see this little button right here is an invisibility booster I installed that I guess up in the air. Then we fly above the clouds. We'd be there in 10 minutes and no one would be any wiser. It's like this is such Fred and George diet light 
calorie free thinking yeah because it's like it's just a little bit of like light-hearted rule breaking it's like we're not actually out to like cause harm or right. to like point you know this uh like you know i mean he's in the misuse of muggle artifacts department right. and this is a misuse of muggle artifacts yes he's breaking his own laws in the process but the other thing is that the specific function that he has here is the invisibility booster which immediately had me thinking about the uh vanishing head hats that fred and george eventually create yeah that's like true. is there any possibility that they are like using the same spell that arthur used on the ford anglia like because it's something that Hermione again remarks at like the brilliance of yeah I, what, I think it's a disillusionment charm that they're able to like extend past the object okay yeah, yeah. maybe that's what it is maybe yeah. that's what it is but, but like she's like that's very tricky magic right yeah. right but so I wonder I wonder if anyway I mean we we sort of made the mention of um like eventually how they'll have like the Muggle playing cards you know yeah. Weasley Weasley's wizard wheezes um like I I think maybe there's some possibility that like like the boys just sort of can't help themselves, but they're directing it more towards like at causing laughs. Whereas like Arthur's coming more from a place of like just utter fascination. Right. Sure. I can see it. Yeah, yeah. it does. There is, there is some like, yeah, like taking after dad kindness there, but then they're just a bunch of jokester at the same time. So yes, that's true. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, so then after we, we finally, we get all the stuff, we remember everything. They arrive at King's cross station and everyone is in such a hurry to get to the platform that, uh, uh, th this is like one of those things like when you're reading you don't think that much of it but like the order in which they go through like doesn't really make that much sense to me it's like it's clearly written in a way so that Harry and Ron are able to get stranded but it's like what if Harry and Ron had just gone through first like would Dobby have still stopped them or would it be like a, oh man wait now we're all stuck but it doesn't matter because Harry didn't go yes th this whole sequence is very similar it reminds me a lot of like the opening sequence to the movie Home Alone yeah where it's definitely like like, okay, we need to call. We need everybody to be like tight enough on time. You know, we need everybody yes, to be bustling. It is very home alone. Yes, it's it's sort of like it's like ah, oh, that's how this could happen because right, the, because the of urgency. the urgency. Yes, precisely, precisely. But you're you're definitely right. There's no doubt about it. It's like Percy going first is like kind of like a like an unusual call. Like it almost seems like like Ginny and and you know Mr. and Mrs. Weasley would go first as like you know it's like her. Yeah, you know, or it would seem like the one of the parents would stay back to make make sure everyone got through yes right right right. yeah, yeah. or that yeah or like even of. that like mrs weasley goes through the platform with jenny it's like she didn't go through with ron you know like on right. his first year like, i mean i guess she had jenny with her still but that's a good point you know, as well. i don't know yeah, yeah yeah but like they're just they just sort of leave harry and ron back there and of course they get blocked by dobby and now they immediately freak out like what are we gonna do um let's see what else did i write down here uh the way yeah Dobby's Dobby is there. Well, how often is Dobby? This is the other thing is that Dobby is there. Like how often is Dobby watching Harry? You know, like he's he's at King's Cross Station. Yeah, no, he is. Um, this is this is a uh, it, it's it's a really good question. Like, I mean, again, I kind of go back to um, I kind of go back to like the the whatever commands Lucius was giving that may be permitting this. Like on the one hand, I think at some point in time, Harry asks Creature to keep an eye on Draco Malfoy for me, would you? And like he doesn't specify that there is ever a time to stop. And right. so like I think a week later, Creature shows up and he's like, he hasn't slept for a week oh, right. because he's like, I've been keeping an eye on the, on the, the Malfoy, Malfoy boy, boy. Right. <laughs> you know, as per your request. And it's sort of like, oh, goodness gracious. I didn't tell you to sleep. Did I? Oh, my gosh. Yes. You know, so it's like you almost wonder if maybe on some level like back at Malfoy Manor, Lucius is like now Draco keep an eye on that Potter boy, would you? And Dobby's sort of like, okay, I stepped in that conversation at keep an eye on that Potter boy, would you? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, that's his bending of the rules, and I so it's like... I suppose you could, like, surmise that none of the Malfoys are home right now either because they're all at this exact place dropping Draco off for school. Also true. Yeah, also so true, like maybe yeah. Maybe Dobby can just be like, well... See you. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yep. That's another good point. So, um, but I mean, as per always, like I think that I give so much, I would extend so much credit to the power of elf magic that they're just capable of doing a lot of yeah. stuff. Uh, pretty powerful. But it would be something to look for to see whether or not Lucius is in attendance at the game during the rogue bludger. Oh, um, right. I because think in the book he is. If in the book he is, then it stands to reason that possibly Dobby just goes with them to King's Cross Station to see Draco off to 
yeah. school. So I mean, you know, because yeah, maybe Luke's, he's just yeah. like free, whatever the matter. They just bring him with him. Yes, with exactly. Yeah. Yep, yep. That's, so, um, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So, I never thought about how does Dobby get the bludger there. <laughs> I, I always just assumed that Dobby was just manipulating a bludger that was otherwise inside of the the okay. the box. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's that that's been my interpretation of it. But um, the next thing that sort of happens is this is another one of those where it's like it's a little bit of a leap in terms of like reasonable reaction for two 12 year olds. But yeah. basically, like they're not able to get through. Ron looks around wildly and just immediately gets the conclusion of we're going to miss the train. I don't understand why the gateway sealed itself. And this is like one of those in like Harry looks up the clock and like all of a sudden we're counting down like 10 seconds nine seconds you know two seconds three seconds one second yeah wow i did that wrong uh three two one and it's gone and this is like one of those things where like at this point in time arthur and molly would certainly be like waving as the as the train pulls out and then immediately walking back through the oh, platform as, as would so many other wizards you know yes it, it's like, like the fact that they're like hey you know what we should probably solve this before mom and dad get back yeah like it, they're gonna be mad at us yeah it's like that's pretty unlikely because otherwise the like the honest truth would just be like we don't know what happened we couldn't get through look at hedwig she's clearly upset like we don't want to miss the train. We've all been hurrying all morning. Like none of it would make sense that they were like, like, you uh, know, yeah, they like, were unable to pass through. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's like, this is, this is one of those where, especially for me as a 12 year old, like I would still be at that age where it's like, when I have an issue, it's usually like, go ask an adult to solve it for right, you. Yeah. Not like, Hey, let me try to solve this on my own. So I'm not an inconvenience to anybody. I'll probably just steal their car. They won't care. Right. You just apparate. It's not going to be a big deal to them. They won't care that I stole the car because they'll understand I needed to get to school. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it is, I mean, it does feel like a little bit of like a, a few um, leaps of uh, not leaps of faith, but a suspension of disbelief. Maybe just like, yeah, we're flying the car. Okay. Yeah. 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 Don't worry about it. Uh, before that, just one quick note that there was, I just found this to be like, an interesting little line is uh so they're they're kind of like oh no what are we gonna do harry do you have any muggle money and harry with a hollow laugh says the dursleys haven't given me pocket money for about six years and so it's like you know harry's 12 here which means that apparently they did give him pocket money when he was six and i was like i wonder what was going on that year i wonder if they're like we're having like a little pang of guilt or something like, <laughs> like all right all right we're doing it this time right you know i mean i suppose this is what sub- this is september 1st so like that's it's like Almost exactly one month after Harry's birthday, so maybe he saw, maybe he got like some pocket money for his sixth birthday or something. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For right. for some reason, or I, what does do we do, do? we actually see him receive like a fifty cents piece? Yeah, I guess at, so. at some point, yeah. which is I mean, technically pocket money, right? Also, that they, they can't like figure out like oh mo- they they talk about money, but it's like they are in London, so like they could still conceivably go to like Diagon Alley. Like Harry knows how to get in. That's also true. Cauldron, yep. You know, like they could return to the wizarding world in a different way, I guess, if they needed money, if that's their concern, um, where they could get to Gringotts or whatever. But anyway, they head back to the char, the car where Ron unlocked the cavernous trunk with a series of taps from his wand, which just feels like underage magic. <laughs> yeah, it <right>? definitely does. <laughs> it's like, is this Alohomora or is this like, like sometimes I wonder whether or not like magic uh, can can sort of like it's like we're not really casting a spell we're not really like doing anything but like um, th- there's still a, like a little bit more that you can do with your wand that doesn't qualify like you know it, it's kind of like when they do detention in the forbidden forest and it's like throwing up sparks yeah it's kind of like is Hagrid giving them authorization to like cast a specific spell or is throwing up sparks just sort of something that like your wand can do that's sort of like a fun party trick for the first 10 minutes you've got it and then you realize that all of them do it and it's like well it's only really useful like whenever you need it to do something so in the meantime so I wonder if there's like some like very like light magic that can always be done with the wand but I don't know or if this is just like well it's the middle of London. So, you know, we certainly detected that magic was done, but it's so much more likely to be an adult. Yeah, that that also tracks. Yeah, as far as the trace is concerned. Yeah. Yeah. As far as the the trace, it is so inconsistent and annoying. I know. But whatever, whatever. I don't want to bring it up in every episode, but I probably will. Through the Gryffindor is supported by Rosetta Stone. As much as I love getting lost in a fictional world, I also love traveling abroad and getting lost out in the real world. And by getting lost, I, of course, mean finding adventure. And just like mastering the intricate spells of the wizarding world, learning a new language can be an adventure all on its own. 
With Rosetta Stone's innovative language learning programs, you can unlock the secrets of communication from the comfort of your own common room. And Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. It's available on desktop or as an app, and it truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. I think where I personally always struggled in school trying to learn a new language is the classes were long and my attention simply would drift, but Rosetta Stone provides lessons as short as 10 minutes. You could even do it during your morning commute, making it perfect for any attention span. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Through the Gryffindor listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off by visiting rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. Through the Gryffindor is sponsored by BetterHelp. Let me tell you what, I wish I had more time. Between time for family, work, exercise, and household responsibility, life keeps me so busy. So much so that part of my own problem is that even when I do find a window of time to do something just for me, I'm not even sure what I want it to be. Like read a book, take a nap, contemplate the turnings of the world. It's strange, but at some point in time, I may have lost the thread on what I actually want to do with my own time. And that's where therapy can really, truly help. It's one of the primary topics I bring up in my own sessions. How do I recognize my own genuine passions versus what I think the world, family, or social media might want me to do? Finding breakthroughs in this department has been massive. It means my downtime is actually refilling my cup compared to being worn out attempting to keep up in the rat race of life. If you're ever finding yourself grappling with something similar, consider therapy with better help. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gryffindor today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Gryffindor. Through the Gryffindor is sponsored by Marvel Strike Force. Okay, so are you guys like me? Like where you watch the Avengers, you're like, wow, Nick Fury has no idea how to assemble a team. I would make so many changes. Well, with Marvel Strike Force, you can do just that. Because this game is all about engaging in epic battles, strategically assembling your team of heroes and villains to stop the evil Ultimus. But it is really not just about the battles. I mean, Marvel Strike Force offers an immersive storyline, stunning graphics, and a vast roster of characters to collect an upgrade from Spider-Man to Captain America, Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom to Black Panther, the entire Marvel Universe is yours to explore. So seriously, it doesn't even matter if you're a hardcore Marvel fan or not, or whether you're just looking for like an action-packed RPG experience. Download Marvel Strike Force now on the App Store or Google Play Store and join millions of players worldwide and unleash the power of the Marvel Universe on your mobile device. Plus, this is kind of the cool thing and maybe why you want to do it like right now is because because the Deadpool anniversary event is going on right now. So there's like weekly events and bonuses. And if you complete each event, you receive special awards and skins and all that fun, cool cosmetic upgrade stuff. And and we have a unique promo code for every new user. So please follow the link in our description. That's how they know you came from us and use the promo code MAXPOOL. And once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Um, let's see. There's also, okay, so when they get up, there's also this moment uh, where the invisibility booster, like, um, falters for a second. Yes. Yes, which to me is a little interesting because it ends up being a problem. Like, because it falters, they get seen by some muggles and stuff. But it's like, it's like it falters for a second right when they start, but then works fine the rest of the trip. Um. Does it come back on, or is it that they get up into the clouds? Well, I guess maybe there's that. Um, but anyway, but but what my what my theory is is that that the invisibility booster, like blinking out on them, is Dobby running more interference. Oh, and he's like, oh no, they found another way. Wait, stop them. <laughs> yes, you know what? That even tracks because, yeah. like, that's the thing I was just saying a couple pages ago. Is I'm like mentally giving like Arthur so much Weasley for, or, well, I'm giving Arthur so much credit for being able to like come up with this invisibility booster, and it's like, you know what? I have a feeling Arthur's magic wouldn't be faulty. 
Yeah, um, exactly. So, no, I, don't it, it would, I don't think it is. Yeah, because otherwise the car does a pretty darn good job through this entire process. Yeah. Um, so <coughs> that's that's kind of interesting. Um, although I maybe maybe circle back on that in a minute because I do have some more thoughts on the car. So that could be okay. that could be kind of a fascinating thought. Okay, but so yeah, they get up in the air and then I don't know why I find this hard to believe, but they are able to like look down and just like see the Hogwarts Express. Yes, like, I I wrote a note about this exact same thing. I was like, I don't know why I never really think of the train actually physically leaving the station like because they're going like this would suggest that like if you just had like an aerial like you wouldn't have access to platform nine and three quarters but if you had an aerial view over king's cross station you could still see the scarlet steam engine leaving from what is otherwise like a brick wall or like a uh, like a service tunnel or something right. like it's that like you know it's like wait a second there's not supposed to be a train there like it's like in my mind it almost like exits to this magical you know like portal right, to yeah. the, to the wizarding trail or, yeah. or track system. Like my my head cannon for this almost has to be that it sort of like follows like Dementor rules where it's like yeah, Muggles just can't see it. It or does seem like, like Harry and Ron can see the tracks and the train because they're wizards, but like otherwise, like a bright red steam engine leaving like the most you know heavily trafficked train station in. Europe like would be noticed by the muggles. It definitely seems so. Right. Yeah, like, like I mean especially cuz you're in the middle of London here so yeah. like, the infrastructure for these tracks would would be would like be there. people I mean they wouldn't be like, "Ah, yes, the old the old tracks. Nobody knows where they go." <laughs> right, like <laughs> it's super easy to figure out where train tracks go. Exactly, cuz it's a straight line to the destination. <laughs> So no, uh, I, I agree with you like the, the fact that they're able to find it so quickly. But again, I mean, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it's like one of those things where it's like muggles just can't see it. So it's like they can and it is otherwise very eye catching. But yeah, like a little bit of a little bit of like Thestral or or Dementor type yeah. behavior going on. Right. Yep. Um, that being said, though, there is um, there is this like one line that I feel like uh, demonstrates. It reminds me so much of us as high school age students, but they're basically in the air. They've successfully like made it through the challenging parts. They found the train and now they basically are just like on like a like a like a journey an adventure. And Ron says, all we've got to do now is worry about airplanes. And they looked at each other and started to laugh for a long time. They couldn't stop. And this is just like friendship to me at its most pure. Right. Like this is like when you're getting into like or you're getting into the shenanigans or whatever it is that you're doing. It's like that those like lighthearted high school age people who don't have like the rest of the world to worry about beyond. Right. And like for the most part, it's just like we're having so much fun right now, aren't we? What right. an adventure. Like, look what we're doing. Look what we're doing. Can, you, thought. can you even believe it? Yeah. Look yeah. at us. Look at us. <laughs> Not me. Not me. <laughs> Oh, oh man. man, yeah, very, very fantastic. Um, it always surprised. Like it's a several uneventful hours later. I'm like, man, it is just so far to Hogwarts. It like, is really far, yeah. which is I, I'm sure we talked about this in book one. But this is also one of those things where like, what about the students who just like live in Scotland? Oh, I know, D like, right? Yeah, you know, because like, it never talks about the Hogwarts Express like stopping off at the at like another train station to, yeah, pick, to like, up more pick up students. more students. It's like if you live generally near Hogwarts, like too bad. You still have to make it all the way to London and then take the train basically past your house. But yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it does so, seem like there should be some other stations. Yes, or like, it does. What if you just lived in Hogsmeade or something? You know, certainly. Yeah, I mean, because that's like must. the only, only like wizard, all wizard village. All wizard so like that yeah. suggests there's residents. And the right. fact that it's so close to the school, like seems like some students would live there. Right, right, right. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, maybe maybe there's like a piece to that and it's just never been relevant to any of the characters that we've that we've known or I maybe the train true. is like stopping periodically and it just I don't know, we've never been informed to it. Um the one line here though that we get though is the uh the, the toffees that they had made them extremely thirsty and they had nothing to drink. I have no idea why, but it's almost like there's a part of my brain that has like experienced this exact sensation before because every time I read that line, I'm just instantly so thirsty yeah. oh I'm like God, I want no water I want nothing more than a glass of water and then I always think about how a glass of water seems like the worst thing to like satiate satiate yourself from uh, like having eaten a whole bunch of toffee <laughs> specifically like it doesn't seem like toffee and water it's not gonna help. yeah no you need you need like milk or something something like what like a like a creaminess to it anyway so mm. I don't know why that sticks to me uh, but it does and then they talk about the ice-cold pumpkin juice from a trolley pushed by a plump witch oh man that pumpkin juice now that 
sounds like I it know. would work. Which is like weird because like it always sounds so good when I'm reading it in Harry Potter. But if you were just like, if I was just like at lunch and someone was like, you want some pumpkin juice? I'd be like, no. Yeah, it's like, you, <laughs> no. I, I went and took a pumpkin. I pulverized it a la orange juice. Now we have pumpkin it's juice. Like that sounds terrible. Yeah. But now pumpkin spice latte. Well, no, no, that's a completely different, different story. story. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Anyway. Um, so anyway, they get to Hogwarts, and I always think it's like funny. It's always like almost not, not. I don't even know funny. Like weirdly annoying to me that it's like the car makes it like ninety nine point nine percent of the way there. Yeah, it's like boy, it tuckered out at just the right moment for them to be at Hogwarts. Like, what if it had done this like just five minutes earlier? They'd be so far away. No, but Jay, here's the thing. See, it says it right here. Not far, said Ron, more to the car than Harry. Not far now. And he patted the dashboard nervously. Are you not aware of the mechanical engineering reality that is telling your car that it can make it makes a difference? Well, I, there's not nothing to that, I suppose. Like, maybe him telling the car is like the car being like, good, because I'm tired. Because like, yeah. there is like a certain sentience to the car. Yeah, that's exactly that's sort like, of yeah. what I was going for there. It's like, well, I mean, to be to be fair, back when I was in high school, I had the I had this uh, 1996 Azuzu Trooper, yeah. fully stock, uh, which I basically took to like the end of the world and back. Yeah. Um, but the number of times, and I called it Sue, the number of times that I would like talk to Sue going through some type of like mud crawl or like right. up the side of a canyon or something, it was sort of like, you could do this, you could do this, you could do this. It makes all the difference. And you know what? Sue always did it. Always did it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Always, always came through for me. Um, so that that's always my thinking there. But I also, this is, this is the other thing is that I, I have a, I have a very deep curiosity as to what types of things are happening here because the Ford Anglia started just as a muggle automobile. It was then taken apart by Arthur and then, you know, put back together and yep. magically enhanced and then flown quite a distance by Ron and Harry to school. And at some point in this process, the car itself is becoming alive. I know, right? Yeah, it's, it's like that's that's pretty impressive magic that it basically it becomes its own like sentient creature. Yes, but then I'm like in, in my head, I'm like almost like comparing it to uh, objects like the Mirror of Erised or like the Elder Wand, which is like definitely like a sentient oh, right. wand. Like it has like a, yeah, they do. The wands do have a certain sentient. It reminds me of like broomsticks, honestly, where like Harry says like he felt like they were like horses. So they could like tell if you're scared. Yeah, yeah. Because yep. like, I mean, they can also fly. So it's like, I wonder if there's something about like the freedom of flight that like frees the object's mind or something. Yeah, that or or even like some amount of like wizards like pouring like I don't even know like like it sounds wrong to describe it as like part of their life force or something that seems very like horcruxy um but like I like I almost wonder if like if if as time goes on this is almost something like where like all magical objects can sort of become like like have like a life of their own because it even seems like the um uh suits of armor at Hogwarts are kind of in like a similar capacity yeah. like where they can sort of kind well, of like come the to way, life like, the portraits work is like it's not just because you painted a picture of someone now it has all those memories like the the person who it's a portrait of can like coach that portrait to like um be more like themselves yeah so like but to that end if you just did have a painting that was magical and you didn't like do a ton of coaching for it it seems like over time the things it was exposed to could like inform its personality because there is a lot of like a lot of the different things in the wizarding world have like their own like person like even the mirrors always are sort of like short and scruffy yes yeah yeah it's just last chapter i think yeah just last chapter yeah so it's like there yeah i don't know but the car does seem to like take it the extra mile extra mile (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious and uh become like, truly sentient. Yes, indeed, which will, will is obviously a huge plot point later on in the yeah. story as it eventually will save yes. our boys. Oh, even then another big thing happens here. Ron breaks his wand here, which like even the setup for this is so good because it's like it seems so unthinkable to send Ron Ron to a magic school where he's going to mostly be learning how to do stuff with his wand with a broken wand. Yes. But it's like it's a huge plot point because eventually this is why Gilderoy Lockhart's like memory charm backfires because it picks up Ron's wand. But like the it's like the 
reason it's not repaired is because Mrs. Weasley is so mad at him for stealing the car. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So this is another area like where, where you're exactly right. They've like woven the story together in such a way where it's like you're not feeling like, oh, you just set that up so that later on this could be relevant to that. You know, it's like, OK, so like the Ford was first used to save Harry from, you know, this particular instance. Then it was used for this other instance. And then during that particular instance, the one broke. And then because of the fact that they had taken the car from Ron's parents, that means that he they were upset with him and unwilling to replace the wand, which means the wand continues to go like broken throughout the rest of the year when otherwise maybe it would have been repaired. You know, it's like right. it's like, man, it's like no one of these details specifically feels like it was fed into the story just simply to allow this other thing right. to happen. Like it's all just very it's all just very connected. Yes, yeah, and exactly. It's like, again, it's like Ron wouldn't have broken his wand if the David Tom Riddle didn't open the chamber fifty years ago. Right. You know, yes. it's like it all it all comes back to Voldemort at the end of the day, which is just very sneaky. And then there's another just like fun tidbit about Ron's wand, about like um, how you learn in the first book that he has like a hand-me-down wand. Yes. And that it's like um, like if you look up Ron's or- initial wand wood and core pairing, like on uh, uh, Wizarding World in the like Pottermore archives, you can just it like the description of the wood is like, yeah, especially if it has this particular core, it should not be transferred from one wizard to another because it won't work well. <laughs> yes. So not only does Ron have a broken wand, but even a fixed wand was not doing good magic. So Ron has had like a severe handicap for the first two years of his like wizarding schooling career. Yeah, I think we even made a video once upon a time. It's like, why is Ron so bad at magic? And it's like, it's actually really not totally his fault. Right. Like he's not he's not bad at magic. He just unlocked the car. Exactly. Yeah. Like just tapping around and such. Right. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? You know, we already sort of talked about how we introduced the willow like a book early, which is just really fun here. Um, bam. They they crash into the willow. It just beats them up terribly. I like the way it's described as the the branches having like python being described as thick as a python because it's just sort of that like dangerous snake imagery. That's true. Will, like, yeah. Come yeah. into play, which, you know, obviously there's a giant snake in the school when that's like the big villain. Yep. Um, yep. Kind of so like laying, the, laying some groundwork there a little yep. bit of like, like subliminal, you know, sort of like serpents, yeah. dangerous. Right. Yes. Bad. Yeah. Don't yeah. like can't can't smash. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's there's this other kind of interesting thing that I think happens, and I suspect that the reason I mean you could do it a couple of different ways from like a writing standpoint, but it does seem like for a beat, Harry is going to consistently miss the start of year feast. Yeah. And it's like you're not really sure if it's like, was it just really difficult to write the sorting hat songs that in a way? That is what I always yeah, think. Yeah. That was sort of like meaningful, or like is it difficult to just like like be like and they went into the sorting ceremony and we met these new characters and it's like all of a sudden you gotta like break off, you know, like rattle off like forty new potential right. classmates and like where they went and all that type of thing. Right. It's kind of like, like realistically Ginny's and Gryffindor and that's about all you need to know. Yeah, and, and Colin Creevy. Colin Creevy. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone else nah. right yeah not not a big deal um we also in that as well they're looking through the windows they're they're kind of like seeing the preparations for the sorting to happen despite the fact that they're not in the great hall we get a little bit of groundwork laid um where harry is recalling the fact that the sorting hat had like contemplated putting him in slytherin uh that ends up being a massive theme throughout the rest of this story is harry sort of having that like that split feeling like am i supposed to be and like we'll get like the intro to like the parcel tongue which sort of then is like Oh my gosh! Like maybe I should be in right, Slytherin, yes. you know. Uh, so that that kind of like in, like lingering self doubt really perseveres throughout the rest of the story. Uh, we get the uh, description of Lockhart's dress robes for the start of year feast, which are aquamarine. Aqu- yes, aquamarine. Mm-hmm. Just a fun piece of trivia yeah, in case I you're ever trying to remember that. Right? I've already forgotten what color he was wearing at uh, Flourish and Blotts, though. Was so. it Forget Me Not Blue? <sighs> I think it was. Yes, I think you're right. Now, uh, now, now I'm like I, I desperately Wait almost a like it's like I want to go back and like be absolutely. Yeah certain but uh. yeah so while they're looking into the great hall though while you look that up uh they are just they're noticing that snape's not at the table and they're hoping it's because he's been uh, fired or sacked or left um which you know you get to be reminded that he wants the defense against the dark arts job but it turns out he's out looking for them uh which i always think is like i get like i 
uh, it's like, why is Snape the one looking for them and not like McGonagall? Yeah, but I, I suppose it's because McGonagall is doing is doing the sorting ceremony. Like that's like her job as well. Yes. So and then and then I was like, okay, that actually makes sense. So it, maybe it wouldn't be McGonagall, but like, then why is it Snape? And it's like because Dumbledore is extremely concerned that the chosen one didn't show up. Yes. And he's yes. like, hey, where's my right hand man? <laughs> right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Snape. Yeah, Snape. Snape. I got a mission for you. Although the way that this particular scene goes down, I mean, it is just sheer nightmare fuel to ever have somebody who you are saying something negative about overhear you saying the negative thing about yes. you, especially if that person is in a position of power over you. Yeah. Um, so total nightmare fuel that uh, Ron basically has just finished saying, or maybe he's been sacked, yeah. said Ron enthusiastically. <laughs> Everyone hates him. Or maybe. He, a very cool voice. He must voice. have noticed he hasn't got any friends. <laughs> <laughs> Ron Classic is so Ron. bad. I know. It's like Ron, just look around, man. Look, look man, around. Take in your surroundings. Yes, before before you go talking about people, man. Or yep. even better yet, just don't gossip. Just just a good general rule there to life. Oh yeah, just yeah. Um, <sighs> so anyway, there's this is like one of those situations. Once again, we kind of come back to the thing I've said before, which is that like this idea of expulsion is definitely being held over our heads. Uh, we discover that the the boys were of course seen in the flying Fort Anglia, which is like one of those things where it's like. Do they really catch the like make and model of the flying car? It's like, oh, I know. It's like, what is that? A flying Ford Anglia? I know. Like, <laughs> like everyone's got it. Right. Uh, there's also this great line where it says, Ron Gulp. This wasn't the first time Snape had given Harry the impression of being able to read minds. Oh, it's yes. like, which is immediately then like, you're like, you're like, oh, that'd be scary. But then it's like, your suspicions are immediately assuaged by the intro. He's like, oh, I've got the evening prophet here. And you're like, oh, that's how we knew. But it's like, no, but he can read minds. He can read minds. It yes, almost that, certainly was. That is definitely a thing that is also going on yeah. for certainly. Yep. But yep. I think Dumbledore can also do it. Absolutely Dumbledore can do it and I feel like actually he there's a there is uh the very next like two pages later it says for some reason Harry's talking about when Dumbledore is in there it says for some reason he was unable to look Dumbledore in the eyes and spoke instead to his knees and it's almost like a like Dumbledore is like desperately trying to make eye contact with Harry so he can get like the truth of the matter. Yes. Like, what yep. actually happened and Harry's like so distraught he's like I can't look Dumbledore in the eye and it's like if only he could have then maybe Dumbledore would have gotten the full story just or, through his mind. I mean he may be getting it anyway because I mean it says like um, uh, they told Dumbledore everything except that Mr. Weasley owned the bewitched car making it sound as though he and Ron had happened upon a flying car outside of the station. He knew Dumbledore would see through this at once but Dumbledore asked no questions about the car and I mean that could that could be yeah, Dumbledore like be you know like looking at Harry and being like I know exactly what happened. Okay, continue. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Okay. So here's I have another little tiny mini theory here. Okay. Yep. Go ahead. Because like when Dumbledore comes in, he is like especially he's like almost uncharacteristically like grave. Like Harry and Ron are threatened with expulsion like all the time or whatever. It's like looming over their heads, but it's rarely coming from Dumbledore. It's normally just like Harry and Ron worrying about it. Yes. But like yeah. it actually says Dumbledore was looking unusually grave, and then the next page he says if you do anything like this again I will have no choice but to expel you and it's just like what well, first of all empty threat he would never yeah. <laughs> Harry <laughs> my boy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think he is being intentionally scary here and he's looking unusually grave because because like I think why he really wants to know like the truth like what hair like what the truth of the matter is like like did like were you actually blocked did you like need to take the car or not because like again we like the reason he's hired Gilroy Lockhart is to demonstrate to Harry very specifically the dangers of fame and like yes. how not to be famous right. basically and it's like what Snape lays out I think might be exactly what Dumbledore is worried about right here is like oh you wanted a fancy like exciting famous arrival in a car and it's like oh. Dumbledore might be seeing like Harry Potter, Harry Potter, do not you dare be letting that fame go to your head if you do anything like this again. Like I got, I have a stupid idiot here to teach you how not to do this, and you're already ahead of it. Yes. You know? Oh, and it's so true. And I mean, in the honest fact too is that like Dumbledore, he could have that grave look on his face because he may even be aware. Like when they go back up to the common room two pages later, they're greeted like with applause. Oh, yes. Like like, they, like they, it is well received by everyone. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it's. I mean, it really. Oh, that's so true. Right. I it's really like, like that. I think that's why. Dumbledore is like actually upset because he's like this is what I was afraid of 
do not be like Lockhart. Right. Do not do it. You're already kind of showing signs of it. Like you, right. Cause you he, ended he, the year on such a high note. Like, Oh, I, I know. Yeah. Cause that's the thing too. He would have come in so humble for his first year, but right. then he wins the house cup for right. Gryffindor, like to kind of close out the season. So it's sort of like, Harry, what happened to you over the summer? Like, right. did, did you let that get to you? Uh, did you need to come in on some type of like glorious, yeah, like you know, you try to be all or, famous and showy now. Right. Oh yeah, man. Like, Stop that out. Right. I will expel you. I would never, but I will wink <laughs> <laughs> like a flutter of a wink. Yeah. <laughs> um, after that, though, w- there is there is kind of like an uncharacteristic uh, piece of kindness, maybe um, from Professor McGonagall, where uh, basically it's like um, Snape is like, well, if you were in my house, blah, blah, blah. But it will be up to Professor McGonagall to decide what these uh, what like, hot boys. garbage too. if they were in his house. He'd love it. He oh. would love the idea that James Potter's son was in his house. Yes, I know. He'd be yeah, like, yeah, ha, 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 yeah. I got him. I got him. Yeah. I know it would be. I feel like he'd be at war with himself all the time between oh, I mean, being like su- super excited. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Um, but the the line that actually kind of gives me like a little bit of like and it always makes me happy just because I also uh, can't imagine anybody other than Maggie Smith. So I can just picture her doing this exact thing. But it's like Professor McGonagall gave gave him a piercing look, but he was sure she had almost smiled. Uh, and this is like in reaction to like them making the argument to not take points off for Gryffindor because the term had not technically started yet. And I think that what is really funny about that is that it's it's like I think Professor McGonagall appreciates the logic that's being applied. Yeah. It, it like fits her way of thinking so very well. It's like you just gave me an out. You are absolutely correct. The term hasn't started yet. I know. Yet. I think because like the last year, like when she catches them out of bed, she's like, I would have thought Gryffindor house meant more to you than that or whatever. Right. And it's like, they're just like, their immediate concern is like, please, no, not Gryffindor. Don't do it to Gryffindor. Right. It's not, no, it's not, it was our fault. Don't, don't blame the rest of them. Right. And she's like, mm, you do care about Gryffindor. You do care. Yeah. You do care. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is also in sharp contrast with like, it's like right there, it's being established how much. Harry is a Gryffindor, like from the start as well. Yes, also true. Like his yep. concern about being a Slytherin later on. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but anyway, from there, I mean, they basically have you know sandwiches in the uh, in oh, Snape's office. Yeah, um, there's like a certain amount of like Gamp's law happening here, where like Ron later on is like, my mother can make good food appear out of thin air, and it's like this is like sort of what McGonagall does, and it's like I, it must not be. I, I know this is like one of those where I have to imagine that because basically McGonagall summons a plate of sandwiches that like will instantly like refill itself yeah, as I it's being consumed. It feels like she must like connect it to the kitchens or something. That's what I think as yeah. well. Yeah. And I suspect that within the walls of Hogwarts, especially this would work a lot better because like the infrastructure is almost like designed for it. There's right. like, a place to draw from. I wonder if every teacher's office just has like a, a place setting where they're just like, I'm hungry. I know. Yeah. 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 It's, it's It reminds me a little bit of like Bruno's plate from Encanto like yeah. inside of the wall where mm-hmm. it's almost like, you know, it's like a little, I got my little place setting. So yep. like, yeah, my food can show up here too. It's all good. We're all good. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, we make it up to the, uh, the dormitory where they run into Hermione. We get the waddle bird. I, uh, I literally circled that and I was like, I will never remember this. That's I, just one of those passwords. I'm like waddle bird. If what, you say so, what a throwaway. I'm pretty sure we got this question on J versus Ben in the past month I and I, I had already forgotten it and was like, I'll, I'll try to remember waddle bird. I'll do my very best. So if you see me ever out in in real life, be like, hey Ben, what's the password at the beginning of year two? And if I get it, we'll we'll exchange high fives. It'll nice. be great. Um, this is one of those though where poor Hermione has absolutely been in the dark, where her two best friends did not show up on the train uh, at all and were not at the feast. And then all of a sudden show up and they're pretty much like, you know what? I'm gonna go to bed. I'm pretty tired. And yeah. if I was Hermione, I would be like, what? Like, no, you are sitting down right now. You are explaining everything that just happened. There's rumors you were flying a car. It's like, no, we were. Well, we were. We're pretty awesome like that. Maybe you've noticed the party waiting for us inside. Yeah, no big deal. Uh, There is a quick uh, shade thrown at Percy, who's like visibly mad at them for like, I guess, arriving with the car. And he's like, oh, everyone else is happy for you, but not me. I don't uh, I'm angry. I'm 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 definitely the bad guy of this book, (laughs) but not really. (laughs) Once again, this is just like one of those where it's like, I know Percy's supposed to be the red herring for the whole book, and I just (laughs) like it couldn't be Percy. I, know. It's just like, nah. <laughs> I can't extend him that kind of credit, um, uh-uh. which is pretty hilarious. But anyway, that will round off a, a very fun and whimsical chapter five. I mean, a rather memorable and iconic chapter. Lots, chapter of, on the lots whole. of good setup happening in this chapter for sure. Yes, indeed. Um, and then let's see. I do have a review here. Ben, okay, lay it on quick. me. Um, left for us by it's just a series of emojis. So it's left for us by unicorn, dog, butterfly, rose, pig, panda, cat. Hey, you know what? I'm pretty sure I know 
know them. Rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, they just said, love it. Love the Super Brothers YouTube channel. Uh, I was super excited to listen to the podcast. I love Harry Potter books and anything to do with the series. And listening to your theories and just what you think of everything is so interesting. It makes me think of the books in a whole new way. So thank you for making your videos on this incredible podcast. My question is, why does Dumbledore and Voldemort trust Snape? I mean, both of them knows that one of them is going to get screwed. Right? <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head. It's just like, yep, both of them is positive that one of them is going to get screwed, and both of them is positive that it's the other one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, I think that's I think that's that is exactly it. And I yep. think that really this is like the thing that Dumbledore, the ace in the hole that he has on his side, is love. It's and love. it is the primary thing that Voldemort cannot understand. Yes. And I think like in this way, it gives Dumbledore an edge over Voldemort in terms of this trust because Dumbledore knows something about Snape to be absolutely true right. and verified. And like, I, I think that this is why, like, I, I suspect that Dumbledore had his his worries. Yeah. You know, well, like, I think he like, does. And it's like this is like the thing he has to go back to and lean on because he's like, the reason I trust Snape is because of love. So if I can't trust Snape, then then I can't trust my entire cause. Yes. Because like that is what it's built on. And if that's not true, then I'm doomed to lose. Precisely. Yeah. Yep. And I think on some level when you reach high enough stakes, you have to invest your efforts, your energy, your belief. Uh, not only in the facts that you know, but also in the foundation of your principles. And yes. I think that that's probably where, on some level, both of them reside. Yep. Yeah. Yep, I think so. So there you so, go. Great question. There's your answer. But uh, otherwise, we'll be looking forward to uh, Chapter 6, Gilderoy Lockhart, which has humorously off uh, chapter art, which we'll talk about when we get to it. Yes. Um, but <laughs> I love that. <laughs> anyway, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. There we go. But otherwise, uh, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time through the Gryffindor. Today's episode was edited by Ethan Edgehill. Vaishon Brandon does our art. Catherine Stein is our production manager, and the show is hosted by me and Jonathan Carlin. New year, new credit scores. Chime makes it easier to build credit by using your own money to make on-time payments with a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a qualifying direct deposit. There's no annual fee or credit check required when applying. Get started at Chime.com slash build. That's Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary.